0: hello everyone and welcome to discussing trek today we're reviewing star trek picard season two episode eight mercy like always i'm your host clarence and i'm joined by my fellow co-host slash trekkies starting with none other than the who story himself cal jones how you doing man
1: you know what i think i am doing much better than this time last week but always glad to be on discussing trek and always glad to talk it out with you guys so yes
2: very happy to be here
0: Glad to have you on, sir. And returning to the podcast, we have Jeremy Barrow. How are you doing, dude?
2: I'm doing much, much better. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. So glad to be doing something constructive.
0: Glad to have you back, sir. And also on the podcast, we have Jonathan Schwartz. How are you doing, man?
2: I am doing great,
3: man. Doing great. As always, I'm excited to talk trick with you guys and interested in you guys take on the current episode. I am. Uh. Undecided, to say the least. How about yourself? How are you?
0: I'm doing well. No complaints, man. No complaints. Glad to be here. Glad to talk it out. But first, I want to address some feedback we got from the last question. And John, we did have a bit of correction for the last Trek trivia that we had as well.
3: We did. We did. Uh, So the original question was, where else have we seen another Elorian? And I alluded to the fact that there was one other than Guinan, and I was asking for someone to give us that name. Well, come to find out, there were two, which, okay, <laughs> yes, I'm wrong. But in my defense, number one, one was in a movie, not the show. And if you look it up on Memory Alpha, uh, it has a fleeting mention in like a half a sentence of the other one.
0: Yeah, definitely so we did get some feedback for that and and matthew writes in that says for this week's trek trivia i recall two named Elarians that we've seen before there is Martus mazur played by chris sarandon in ds9 episode rivals and dr surin from the star trek generations movie and he also mentions that he recalls that in that scene you can see other Elarians in the background that are unnamed as well <laughs> So cool to get feedback from Matthew great to hear from him as well as we got some feedback also on Twitter from
3: John Fucius. That was my name in another life
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy but glad to have that feedback from everyone and and it's really awesome to you know hear about it right in also well let me also mention that the the guy that gave us the answer from last week, Harel, also wrote in for this answer as well. So yeah, it's, it's good that everybody's chiming in and I'm glad that trick trivia is going well. So can't wait to hear what John has at the uh, end of the show for us this
3: dun, week. Dun, dun. Yeah, I do appreciate the feedback, man. It's very awesome. I am amazed at the interest in the trick trivia. So fans out there, thank
1: you. And I apologize for not doing my research fully on this one. No, see, I'm going to correct you already, and we've not even gotten into the review yet. Cause See, you were actually, Jonathan Shorts, being very strategic because you purposely tweaked that to see if you had a listener listening like Matthew so that he could respond. That's what you were doing. <laughs>
3: exactly. See, you got my secret out. I wasn't going to tell the secret.
0: So, guys, we're going to get right into our review of Star Trek Picard Mercy which was written by Cindy Appel and Kristen Bayer while the episode was directed by Joe Menendez with time running out before the launch of the Europa mission, Picard and Guinan must free themselves from FBI custody. Seven and Rafi come face to face with Girardi and the horror of what she's become.
1: So for everyone listening, if you have not seen mercy, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back because from this moment forward, spoilers spoilers Affirmative. spoilers
2: spoilers What's spoilers and i killed sparky too
0: like always we go to cal jones for the beats of the episode sometimes serious sometimes comedic honestly you never know mr jones what do you have for us this week
1: all righty gentlemen this is what i have for you this week turn the tables when asked a question but after all we are only human regardless of how much changes in a mere two years pew 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 <laughs> what okay
3: was that it
0: yep <laughs> i'm a bit confused but of course cow will dissect that for us sometime during this review so i can't wait to hear that but jeremy what do you think about this episode high level view
2: You know, I know I've missed the past couple of uh, reviews, but let me say, I'm just digging this whole season. This episode and the the episodes that preceded have just completely, just elevated the season one of Picard. I mean, it's just, I'm I'm loving them all.
0: Interesting. I can't wait to hear more about that. Uh, John, high level view of this episode, man.
3: Okay, so the best way I can describe it, and hopefully you follow with me, I have a lot of interest in life, right? So, I want To play golf. I bought golf clubs for that reason, yet I never get to go. (laughs) I love to bowl, but I, yet I never get to go. I like racquetball, yet I never get to go. I have tennis rackets, yet I never get to go. All these things are great and I look forward to one, but it never quite gets there.
1: Mm. And that was this episode for me. Mm.
0: Cal Jones.
1: I liked it. I'm still waiting for the resolution to see if it all ties up and ties in together. And I'm going to hope that it does, but I'm going to say that I'm feeling a little bit of a drip, 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 and I'm wanting a, at this point, a not a drip, drip, drip.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm right there with you, Cal. I've been reading some comments online, and it just seems like... In my humble opinion, it's like these last three episodes have just slowly doled out the information. Although each of them have been interesting, I don't feel like they really progressed the season as much as I would have liked. It's 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 almost like I don't want to say wasting time, but it's also like it's it's also like either this season can be shorter, or you can give us better filler
3: and. So kind of my comment was more or less, I'm with you on this, but it it's like, like we've tried like the showrunners or the writers or like they put so much out there. Yeah. And now they're getting close to having to wrap it up, but we're not getting that wrap up. And because that time crunch, because I believe it's a time crunch, things are starting to get scattered yeah, a bit and not quite where it needs to be. Like, It wants to get there, but I can tell it looks like they're kind of piecing things together instead of getting them to a full development. Hmm.
0: My hope would be that for each resolution that we seek, I just hope it feels fulfilling. I I, I don't want just one line of dialogue to just, you know, totally explain off everything we've been seeing. I I want a visual and a good explanation for everything. And I want it to be well thought out and well realized on screen.
3: And then some of the little things in this episode, like even the little things that we're getting resolutions on seems a little bit shallow surface level. And we'll get into it. But for the same reason, like the big things we're looking for, we want them to we want a good resolution for these big arcs or these big problems we're facing. But even the small things in these episodes are kind of being tied together with Barely any three.
1: You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. So let me ask you guys a question, if you don't mind. There's only two episodes left, right? Yeah. So I'm not quite sure that it is possible for us, even if they were, say, 45 to 50 minute episodes apiece. I'm not sure that it's possible to properly tie up all these dangling threads that we've got going on in Only two episodes. And if that is the case, does that more lean toward the fact of they don't get resolved because they don't really matter because they go away in a snap?
0: Yeah, well, if you've seen the preview for the next, oh, wow, wow, wow. I see what you're saying with the snap part.
1: And, 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 I, haven't, <laughs> and I haven't seen the uh, trailer I, I, at all.
0: Yeah, well, it does seem like there's going to be some big tentpole type episode for the next one. It does seem like there's going to be a big confrontation in the next one. So we, we have to resolve that part and we have to get back to whatever future we're going to. And I know we're going to get into all this, but... Yeah, it's a lot to wrap up in very little time. (laughs) I totally agree with you on that. But let's start off by talking about Rios. And maybe this is the the biggest letdown I've had of the season, point blank. (laughs) I've read comments and most people feel like, including me, that Rios has been totally wasted in this season. How do you guys feel about me saying Rios has been totally wasted? (laughs)
2: 100% agree. 100% agree. I... I'm not big on love stories, especially when they're forced to fill up time, which is what this feels like. And this just feels like a complete waste of time.
3: Yeah, see, and this is kind of the biggest example of how I'm feeling. And Clarence, you know, from the first couple episodes, I was all for this storyline. But the last episode and this one, like this whole now opposite of Jeremy, I don't mind a good romantic scene or romantic arc but it's filler and you can tell it's filler. Like they're not even spending time to build this relationship. So there's parts in this episode. Like we went from there to there that quick. Like how, where, how did that, like, did you all of a sudden get there? Like it's, Mm. they're putting so much into this relationship and we have not seen it bloom to get to that point. And rightfully so, because that's not really an important part for, for this arc and this show. But again, like Jeremy said, we're wasting time on it and wasting time and not doing it
1: well. I have to agree with Jonathan 100 percent because, Clarence, you and I and our friend Lee were recently talking on an episode of Discussing Who about a particular relationship where we felt like while it had a time frame to develop, unlike this, the dynamic of all of a sudden here's this relationship and it's almost felt like a plot device. This feels like a plot device. I agree with Jonathan and Jeremy a hundred percent. And honestly, I would have rather have, instead of this Elnor storyline where he's off in the ether somewhere, have a buddy storyline between the two of these guys and have them off on some side mission. If you wanted to, I think I would have enjoyed that a lot more.
3: Yeah.
0: I have written down here. Useless. Just useless. And it's funny because I think I think this relationship could work if we were doing self-contained episodes. But in the scope of this arc, we're trying to cover and resolve so many things. It just feels like we're wasting our time doing it. I'm kind of with you, too, John. I'm not totally against it. It's just in the scope of what we're doing here. It just seems
3: out of place. And, and, And it's that. And like, I'm just we get in this episode, like, all of a sudden she's reciprocating the feelings that we obviously knew Rios had from the beginning. Yeah. But I did not see the growth in the relationship from her side of it to get to this point. And now all of a sudden there's deep conversation and (sighs) I know it's, it's toward the end and we'll get to it, but she has this long drawn out story to ask him something about herself. Like, you don't even know what the man likes to eat yet. (laughs) Like we hadn't even talked about that. And then I don't think the relationship has developed enough for you to lead him down this imaginative path to get some info, Like, it's just
1: not there. It's not there. And now Rios is going to be his space dad. Yeah. He made reference to (laughs) uh,
0: a distinct reference to him feeling like Picard is the father figure to him. And he's giving a kid cake and, Oh my God! It's just it's it's too much.
2: It's too yeah, m- we went from point A to point C with no B involved, yeah. and we need that that middle part to make this. I mean, it's like you know, in the in, at the end of Voyager when they put Chakotay and Seven together for no reason whatsoever, other than to put them together to give them something to do. This is kind of what that feels like, and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like it belongs. Yeah. And and I agree with Kyle. I would like to see. I would like to see, preferably, Rios and Eleanor, you know, having an adventure than this. Yeah. I
1: don't think any of us have a problem at all with the actor who's playing the Doctor. It's just the storyline this actor has been put in that we don't like. She's doing an awesome job.
2: Yeah. Right. And she'd be a good character. If it wasn't for this.
0: Yeah, outside of the scope of this season, I think she could be a good character that could fit in, but you know, so much stuff is going on. Any you know, other statements on Teresa and Rios before we kind of pivot to other things.
2: Does anybody else think that Rios is going to end up staying with her? <sighs> in this at this in this time period?
0: That's kinda of where I'm leaning, man. But unless it snapped away as Cal has uh <laughs> aforementioned,
2: <laughs> uh, they're
0: really um laying it down hard to make it seem like he's going to be with the the, the child and, and Teresa going forward. So I don't know, man. I really don't know. So Dr. Soong gets confronted by Corey, but not before she finds a gift from Q. Since it seems that Q wants Corey to escape. To me, that's what it seems like. And I'm beginning to be a bit more convinced that he's attempted to say attempting to save the future, but you know, I want to know you guys' thoughts. Does it seem like Q, and maybe specifically in the instance with Corey and maybe you can relate to anywhere else in the episode, does it seem like he's saving the future or is he trying to, to destroy it?
3: Um, I, okay, I'll say this. At the very least, I ninety five percent sure he's not trying to ruin the future. Based off of what I've seen so far, based on the conclusion of this episode and based on what we know of Q overall, is he trying to save it? I don't think that's his direct goal. I think maybe saving the future is a side effect of him trying to save himself.
0: So I'm going to go back to a point I made. I guess it was a couple of episodes ago. Has the current Trek timeline always been what we know as the prime timeline. Is Q's gift to humanity actually changing the timeline to the timeline we know? That's kind of where I'm leaning, but but who knows?
3: (laughs) Mm. That would be a major, major addition to the story of Trek.
1: Mm. And if what you are saying is true, it totally takes away where I was going with it, which was I don't think the timeline gives anything, meaning timeline be damned. I think Q is having issues and Q is trying to save Q. Timeline be damned if the timeline restructures, if the timeline is saved, if the timeline is destroyed. Those are inconsequential in my opinion, but I like how you laid that out. That is kind of cool.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with it, Kyle. I don't think he's really out to save the timeline. I heard it. He's out for himself. I just think it's going to be a coincidence that what he does saves the timeline.
1: Agreed.
0: So, Jeremy, getting back to, to Soon and, and Corey, is, is, is Soon an evil genius waiting to wreak havoc on humanity? <laughs> what are your thoughts on him overall and just thoughts on him in this episode in particular?
2: I don't know if I'd say he's an evil genius waiting to happen. I think he's a misdirected genius waiting to happen, and kind of goes where the where what you lay in front of him takes him. He's a scientist. He follows the evidence. You give him the evidence to, you know, create the Confederacy. That's what he's going to follow. Yeah. So I don't I don't necessarily want to say evil genius, but maybe misguided, and maybe amoral. Well, it would definitely amoral at best
0: yeah I would go with you one hundred percent until he until he uttered the words You exist because I willed it
2: and I understand what you're saying. I just don't know if he said that because that's in his heart or because that was the heat of the moment
3: well, and you go back to i kind of I'm, I'm with Jeremy on this in a in the way of he's being what he is, and that is a scientist and not evil, not good, but just scientist and I say that i mean you think about all of the scientist characters in any television or movie you watch, and the ones that are really serious about their work, there's no there's no room for anything else other than what they're working on. Uh-huh. So for instance, I was watching the episode of Enterprise and they were having to uh rescue uh Dr. what's Dr. Flox's species? The So they were trapped on the geologist trapped on this planet and this planet's government has been taken over. And they're going to kill everyone that is not part of that planetary species. Well, they go down here to rescue these scientists and they don't want to leave They're because they're so interested in finding these rare rocks that they will sacrifice their lives, their government, their everything to just stay there. And it's not because they're dumb or evil or just they're so focused on what they're doing and their work. Nothing else matters. And that's kind of where I see soon. And. Not just Adam's own; it's the rest of the songs through the (laughs) timeline. Like I, I don't really fault them as as evil, and because at some point they're good. It's just they get caught up in their work and their goals of their work.
2: And you know, kind of going back, kind of picking back on Jonathan, and going back to what you were saying, his statement of "You exist because of me." I mean, and he's right, and I don't think he meant it as evil. He just meant it as a fact: you are here because of me.
0: So, so, Kyle, I want you to answer that. But also, I want to present you with this. So Jurati gives or two of one or whatever you want to call her, Bork Queen presents Soong with two choices, father of the future or die alone and drunk, I guess. It looks like to me, it looks like Renee's Renee's discovery renders Soon's obsolete. I think she said so much. So what are your thoughts on those two choices he was given?
1: Okay. So help me remember if I forget, because I want to comment really, really quick, because I want to tie it in to my answer to your question. But in regards to how soon was responding in that moment, I'm going to tend to go a little bit more in your direction, Clarence, in the sense of, yes, I agree with what Jonathan and Jeremy said. But I think there was a sense of almost godhood yes. complex or God complex going on there. Yes. That's kind of what I felt from him. That being said, if you take someone with a God complex and you present them with the two alternatives that you did, it's a no brainer because if <laughs> I am so into myself and I'm going to make sure that I have a big statue, you know, in the future. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to let somebody else take my limelight. Yeah. And I think that's what's going through his head. Now, if he changes at the last minute, if somebody else stops him, that's a possibility. But as far as in that moment, the Borg Queen Gerardi two of eight or 10 or 20, <laughs> decided I'm going to do what Gets me what I want. And this is what gets me. What I want is to motivate this man to do what he did to get at the end for her to be able to do what she did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So anybody else have any comments on that before we move on off of of, uh, the soon line? Anybody have any comments directly on the Renee's discovery rendering soon's work obsolete? Uh.
3: I I tried to figure that out and I I couldn't. Sounds like you have an idea though. Well, no, no, I'm
0: I'm totally open for what you guys have to say because I don't know. I mean, if she makes an alien discovery, I don't really see how that would stop the advancement of genetic engineering, which is obviously what soon is doing.
3: I think maybe my fleeting thought was just kind of kind of just a broad a broad look at it is one way or another. 24th century earth is heading towards a bad era Yeah, and whatever that's going to be, people are going to get sick or people are going to be evil or whatever that case may be. And it's always known that what better to bring the population of earth together and make us reach for something better than finding out we're not alone in the galaxy.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: So for her to go out and find evidence of life on another planet, will kind of put Earth back on the right track. Whereas if we if she didn't, we'll go down the wrong world and the only way to fix it is genetics.
1: So my take is, now that's a very good one, Jonathan, but my take is it didn't matter. He could have been a botanist for all that she cared. <laughs> a botanist? <laughs> you know, seriously, it could have been a botanist, it could have been a chemist, it could have been an actor, it could have been a podcaster. It didn't matter what he did she was going to give him an analogy that ended up with you're nothing or you're awesome.
3: Uh, Did we actually see statues of him in that
1: timeline?
3: We did. We did. Yeah. So, I mean, she may not be wrong.
0: So I don't know. I just don't know how we get there. I kind of feel like even if Renee makes her discovery on Europa, that it's going to be like a dark period. I still feel like we still have to go through a dark period. And at some point we're we're going to come together because we know for sure there's life on other planets. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe we have to still have the eugenics wars. I don't know. It's just, I'm so confused with the history here, to be honest. (laughs) And it seems like it's getting changed as we watch this series. So I guess we'll see.
3: And, can I just point out something? Allison Peel, we knew she was good, right? But like just that scene with her and soon was freaking amazing. Yeah. She is playing that part to its fullest. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that may have been my favorite part just to see her at the top of the stairs. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't remember the exact wording, but, you know, do I really have to go through the lecture of, you know, resistance is futile? <laughs> like, yeah. it. It was so, her whole dialogue in this episode was amazing and I loved it. Yeah, we didn't
0: get a lot of her, but what we got, I felt was really strong. And let's pivot on to the Rafi Seven and Jurati's, uh Borg Queen storyline. Uh, I want to ask the question first. How do we feel about, how do we feel about Rafi having been man- manipulative? Because honestly, I feel like there's something You know, we're talking about the writing and how it's good and how it's not so good. I feel like they just threw this in for some reason that may pay off in the next episode, but it
1: felt kind of forced to me. Absolutely. I felt like the actor playing Elnor, uh, Evan, Evagora, right? Yeah. I felt like he was contracted to so many episodes and you needed to find a reason to put him in here a little bit more than just a glimmer. Mm, Yeah. So they did that. Now, I like the fact that they layered – this was – I don't feel like it was wasted time because it layered a relationship of two characters that I like, so I have no problem with that. But, again, I just want there to be a payoff of Elnor comes to save the day or or whatever. Otherwise, you wasted a character that you made us, at least me, (laughs) like last year and created two characters – that felt a little bit disposable this year, and I, I don't know if I like that.
3: Yeah, and I I have to agree with you, Kyle. I, I I want to see I want to see the character more. Like, don't waste it, because I mean, if you guys remember the first couple episodes of the first season, like that was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, but I do appreciate. So I kind of was. I'm not gonna say thrown off. But, you know, all of a sudden there's this relationship between Rafi and Elnor that's so great, like a mother son. Like, how did we get there? And that I do appreciate seeing the backstory of like, how did she become his mentor in Starfleet or whatever case may be? So, yeah, let's add some to that story. Not let's let's not just make a relationship out of thin air like another couple, we know?
0: Yeah, I think they did earn that part for the for the most part, but I don't. I guess I just don't like flashbacks.
3: (laughs) It just felt (laughs) weird to
0: insert this flashback here with Eleanor. I don't know. It it felt off to me.
3: And probably because the story, the episode opens with a flashback.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. And I think
3: too many flashbacks in an episode just makes not good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, at least in the case with the uh, Agent Wells, it was we didn't know this character. So it makes sense to get a flashback so many episodes in. But yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, Jeremy, what did you think of the showdown between two of one and our duo of Rafi and, and seven?
2: So, well, let me say this first. Jurati was my least favorite character last season. I actually kind of hated her by the time the season was over with that has been a complete one hundred and eighty this season. Wow. She is, you could tell she is loving that, that character. She is having fun with it and she's doing a great job with it. I thought for the most part, this was, this was good. I kind of the, you know, like you were talking about the Rafi being manipulative was kind of thrown in for, you know, drama and it was really not needed, but um, I, I'm enjoying this part.
0: Does Girati have a fighting chance?
2: Yes, I,
3: I do believe she does. I, well, and it's, it's Star Trek, right? So, I mean, Star Trek builds us up to believe good will always triumph. And what's, more good than Girardi, You know what I mean? Like, I I, I think she will try out, but it, it's going to be a long road. But uh, let me add this.
0: Was that intentional? <laughs> I,
3: I didn't go there. <laughs> it was not intentional. But um. But let me let me just be a uh, writer here for a minute and what I would have done in this scene. Wouldn't it have been awesome if it would have been Seven instead of Rafi with a hand around her throat? And that hand from two of one somehow accidentally injected one or two nanoprobes Ooh. that activated seven's implants and God. seven just became badass all of a sudden and just kind of locked the situation down. Now, I know that would have been, we need your to continue to get the, to bring the season to completion, but wouldn't that have been awesome like that? I felt like that was maybe a wasted time because I don't know. It, it was weird. I would have more, It would have been a better interaction, even if Seven's implants hadn't have activated. It still would have been great just to see that, like the Borg queen in a struggle with a former Borg. Yeah.
2: You know, that would have been great, too, and it also would have added another layer of Seven enjoying not being Borg, not being a former Borg, and that would have brought back this conflict with her, within her, of now she's Borg again. She's not completely human anymore. So that would that, that would have bring it brought another layer to her character that I think would have been fun to explore.
0: Yeah, it was also interesting how insulted she was by you know we mentioned the manipulation, but she she was insulted by uh, Rafi with the comment er- early on in the episode. So it would have been interesting to see more implications of her b- having been a Borg kind of play out.
3: One well, they just kind of rude to Rafi though, like come on Borg. up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Them's all no people.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Boy
1: <Borg> powers activate. <laughs> oh man.
3: This is seven looking at her like, what the?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's how people look at me when I don't know a line of the color purple. Man, they just like, uh, you know, kind of look at
3: me crazy. Yeah. yeah, I've I've had that look here recently because I've never seen Pope Fiction. <laughs> And <laughs> people look at me like you've never seen po- like no <laughs>
0: oh man or, or the five heartbeats or something you know anyway yeah. <laughs> let's talk about Picard and Guinan and the interview with Agent Wells what are your general thoughts on Agent Wells and his encounter as a young man John I have to throw this to you first thoughts on this flashback we get with Agent Wells
3: Carbon Creek yes Yes, it, it's a bit off of the timeline, but not out of the realm of possibility because we had one Vulcan remain uh, and for everybody unsure what we're talking about. So uh, there was an episode of Enterprise uh, to Paul was telling Archer a story of her grandmother, was it? I
0: think it was a great grandmother,
3: great grandmother. Uh, so they visited Earth many, many years before first contact. Just at, well, they didn't visit on purpose. They were doing a study and they crash landed. On Earth in a town called Carbon Creek, and they couldn't get out to get a call out to rescue. So they had to blend in with the population for a long period of time. Long story short, when they finally leave, one of the Vulcans end up staying because he fell in love. And well, kind of similar to our real situation, right? Yeah, Yeah, certainly.
0: Certainly. Yeah. Except they weren't weren't out of time, but very similar as, as landing on Earth and staying. Yeah.
3: So, and it could be possible that, and I've, I kind of read this in an article, uh, and I forget the Vulcan's name that stayed, but I mean, maybe he stayed and the high command realized, Hey, we can blend in with them to learn more. So this episode that Wells experienced as a child was another Vulcan expedition to Earth.
0: Yep. Yep. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah, I I definitely was looking at the timelines. I'm like, oh, Sputnik 1950, uh, late 50s doesn't <laughs> quite line up. You know, I really wanted to line up, but it's pretty cool to, even though it's not a direct callback to that, it it definitely made me go and watch that episode again, <laughs> which I enjoyed. So, yeah, good stuff there. Good
3: stuff. So let me just throw in the very side note. I'm going very sideways here, but I wanted to just kind of mention this. So I've been watching uh, Enterprise And there was an episode. Uh, what's the name of the episode? You remember the episode where Archer and the crew finally meets the Borg?
0: I think so. It was the frozen, right? The frozen
3: Arctic where they had the researchers and they dug up blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, at the end, the Borg gets away. The Borg that they were trying to catch gets away. And, they kind of track it down, they figure out that they went toward the Delta Quadrant. Well, no, no, they destroyed the board ship, but the board ship got a subspace message out and it was aimed toward the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. And he was talking to T'Pol and T'Pol said, well, it could be many years until they actually reach the Delta. That message reaches the Delta Quadrant. And Archer says, so you mean by the 24th century? Yeah, so cool. We yeah, so I'm like, "Huh, I wonder." Cuz now all of a sudden this Borg Queen ship shows up. It's just I don't know, loose loose tie-in, but I wonder.
0: Well, though th- I believe those Borg came from First Contact. Um the First Contact movie when when they came to Earth. I think right. that's when those Borg got there, but you know who knows now with this new introduction of possibly Borg drones being on Earth much earlier. Right. Wills makes a statement, I'm not naive. What do you think of Wills' pursuit to prove that he's not a crazy man?
1: (laughs) I just saw him, honestly, more as a plot device more than anything. If If I'm reading it the way I should be reading it, so that Guinan could have the moment of turning the tables and making him have the revelation that he did that. That was how I really didn't see once that I realized that he was the little kid and that that was what they presented with. It was like, Oh, well, that's why you were here. I just felt
3: like this was another one of those things where I felt like the writers were trying to force something. And And don't get me wrong. I think it's an important part of the story, but it just felt like choppy. Like okay, so the first part, I don't think Guinan did enough to change his mind or to make him reminisce about the past like that. And then we get further into, you know, she gives Picard the a hint of what's going on, and then Picard has this wonderful dialogue with him. And then all of a sudden, he breaks down until like I just it felt all
2: forced. I thought it was awfully convenient. It was unnecessarily convenient. Um, I like the idea of the scene, but just. No, you know, I agree with Jonathan's like, you know, Guy didn't do enough and I think, you know, the Vulcan flashback, I think that was just I don't I don't I don't want to say fan service cuz there's another word I'm looking for, but it was just, it was just all convenient.
1: I did feel that it was also another plot device and even though I love this moment, I I loved the swelling music and, you know, Picard taking, you know, the demeanor change from going from sitting on the Interrogate side of the, you know, no, that's not the right word, but, you know, being interrogated to sitting on top of the table, leaning on, looking down at him. I loved all of that. But again, I felt that that was for that. That's what his character was for.
0: Okay. For me, I, I feel like all of this interrogation, all of it hinged on agent Wells and he sold it for me. The actor did now. Why? It's because I feel like this is a trope we get in television from time to time or even in real life of the people who are crazy and say they've seen an alien. And in Wells case, he is so hell bent on proving this is true. He has de- dedicated his entire life to getting into a government agency where he can continue to investigate. And to me, he just hell bent on, you know, he's been abducted and he, he wants to tell the world or prove that it happened, you know. So this is just his way of doing it. And he has pursued every avenue throughout his whole life to try to get people to see what he saw or to prove that he's not crazy. And that's the aspect of it that I really love because he gets some completion in his story in this, even though, you know, we just met him last episode.
3: (laughs) So let me throw this at you. Put yourself in his shoes and you've gone through that and your whole life has been dedicated to that. Are you resolved with this one conversation?
0: I think I am. When Picard knows what the mind mill is, he knows what the he's giving him information he could never get otherwise.
3: Yeah, but Wales can't verify that information. So how does he know that's true? He just accepts it for what it is.
0: I think you have to if 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 he's telling him exactly what happened to him, how else is Picard going to know what, how to place his fingers?
3: Well, the the whole point was Picard is an alien. And you're just going to accept this word that he's a human from the future. And it, like, there's more questions to be had. I just, I, I don't agree with the whales saying, yeah, okay, that's, that's what
1: happened. <laughs> but, but you know what? I think Clarence has convinced me of what his point is, because think about it as we remember something and it happened so long ago that it becomes more of a myth because of time and it's eroded that being the memory. And I think in that moment where Picard actually takes that, you know, and shows them what, and he feels what actually happened. I think there was like a light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah. He
0: actually offered up some information that Wells remembered, but he didn't tell Picard about. So how else would he know is kind of how I felt about it.
1: And how could Wells not think it was true Listening to that music like we were listening to it, he would have to be convinced. <laughs> well, I guess I more or less
3: expected more, and maybe we'll get more in the next episode. But like, even so, even so, if he accepts Picard's explanation, like there's follow up questions. Yeah. You know, so now I know you told me what this, what this, who this alien was and what they were trying to do, but why were they here? Why are you here? Why is the future being changed? What are we doing to save the future? Like, why, why me? Like those are all quick. And then Egon comes out and just basically tells him that she is an alien species. He has no questions for her.
0: Well, well, that's, that's one of my questions I have back at you guys. Like, I want to know, like, do we think Wills has a bigger role to play in the last two episodes? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see him again. It's a lot of time to spend with him if we're not going to, if he's not going to play any additional role uh, in the last two episodes.
3: And Picard mentions, you know, he says, maybe you are meant to help me. And I would sure hope that help was meant more than more than the door open. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and Get this
0: box of (laughs) retirement. Right. Now, I do also feel like we got a reflection of Picard in Agent Wells as well. So Picard Uh. mentions about being stuck in the past. Uh-huh. And, and I felt those words rang true for Picard as well uh the things Absolutely. we hold on to the pieces of emotional shrapnel that drive us all our lives
1: totally saw it as something else. Oh well, let's hear it all right, they're stuck they're everybody is is stuck they're stuck in whatever this is, meaning. Whatever is going on is how they are stuck. Whether it's they're all in suspended animation, they're all in whatever, whatever, they're stuck. Oh, literally stuck.
0: Yes. Is that a reference back to your idea that this may be a a concoction of Q, this whole reality?
1: Yes. Yes. Or a a concoction of the Borg Queen that we saw from the first episode, that they are quote-unquote, mid-assimilation, mm. and this is their brain fighting back or something. I don't know, but the the whole thing of stuck just stuck, you know, really <laughs> stuck out to me. That being said, one thing that didn't make sense to me, why did Kleinen need to do this mental flash with her nose bleeding oh, if boy. the next time we see her, she's standing in there with Picard just back in there and everything's hunky-dory? That <laughs> That didn't make sense.
0: That's my particular huge gripe with his episode is the whole guyin flashing into whatever like what it, what it will say what whatever the heck that was that happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask if we've ever seen him do any kind of like astral projection or whatever that is because that just it didn't fit it felt very out of place.
3: Agreed. I don't remember that anything like that happening. So I mean, I know, I think there's been an episode where she's kind of shown, like, telepathic powers, but not to this extent. But just for this scene alone, I just felt like it was bad. I don't even, I I, I mean, and that's just the best way I can describe it, bad. Like, it it served no purpose. Like, the message she sent, and I guess credit to Picard for figuring it out, but, I mean, if you're going to go through that much trouble to do this... And obviously you can get, maybe she could only get limited words through, but it's it just, it was bothersome. And then like the little eye cut to the guy, like hinting at he's stuck in the past. Like, yeah, it just, it was, it was not good. It was I not good. It. I hated it. And then for Picard to come up with this grand solution from that was like, really? Yeah, it was bad.
0: I mean, I think we <laughs> all can say it was pretty bad. What do we think of this new information that we get from Q? Jeremy? Q is dying. H- how do we think that will even play out at this point?
2: I don't think he's telling the truth. Ooh, I don't think he's. I don't think that he's dying. Huh. I do think you know. There's obviously something wrong. There's a reason why you know he can't obliterate her with a snap of his finger like he wants to. But I don't think he's dying. And I, but I can't quite put my finger on what's going on.
1: He's finally hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Puberty. <laughs>
3: So, you know, I'm kind of almost, almost on board with Jeremy. It's not that he's lying. You're talking about a being that doesn't know death, right? So Until now. Until apparently. now. But how does he know that's death? He's going through something different than the norm, but he doesn't know that's death. He may have lost his powers or maybe to Cal's point. This is all a air quote simulation and maybe not put on by Q. Maybe the Q continuum has done it. And Q doesn't have his powers because it's not real itself, and he he equates it to dying. Because what else is wrong with Q if the continuum didn't say we're taking your powers, and he doesn't have powers? His only explanation is I'm dying.
0: I found it very interesting. He made two. Well, he made a reference to what it would feel like to die. You know, there wasn't some great epiphany, some great light that he's headed toward, <laughs> and. To me, it seems like he's looking to, not redemption, but he's looking to have leave some meaning behind.
3: Right. I'm
0: still trying to figure out what he's trying to accomplish exactly, but but it seems like he wants, with the knowledge that he is dying, like anyone else, you know, he wants to leave something behind that will be of some value. And Is this his gift to the timeline or gift to Picard? I don't know.
2: You know, is it possible that his form of dying is not being able to like he he's at some point no longer able to leave the continuum and can't go back to humanity. Huh. Like this will be this will be, be his last. This uh, will be his last hurrah with him before he has to stay there. And then we're all in the continuum and don't know it.
0: Well, he does make two statements. He says the trap is immaterial; it's the escape that counts. Right. And then he also says humans they're all trapped in the past. So I.
3: I don't know. Can I throw this in here? He has a line and I love this line. He says, and I, again, I should have wrote it down and quoted. I don't, may not quote it exactly, but a dying star shines brighter as it hurtles towards his death. Just the words that I, I want to say kudos to whoever writes his dialogue. Yeah. Because it's all poetic and great poetry. Like I, he, he, the, the words and the dialogue he uses, makes you think like you never it's never direct it's always a thought and you're like wow like he didn't just explain it as i'm dying he explained it and gave you a visual
0: yeah yeah it was very it it definitely (laughs) made me feel what he said yeah i really enjoyed that
3: oh and i I think even throughout tng q's dialogue has always been that it's always been just very poetic
0: so kyle i have a very timey-wimey question for you sir
3: okay as long as i can give a wibbly wobbly answer
0: Picard states that when he gets the realization that Wells says he will stop the Europa mission if he doesn't get some answers and he makes a statement, we would have broken the future on our own. I mean, I I guess I guess I'm actually a question, but I just love the timey wiminess of that statement. You know, we talk about the chicken and the egg and they're coming to the the past to save the future, but them coming to the past past uh, may mess up the future. So I just loved all of
1: that. I would love all of that a little bit more if you didn't have too many or maybe so many potential mess up the futures from everything else that's going on. I mean, yes, I agree with everything you just said, but there's all these other things into play that diminishes the return on that. Yeah. It's so many strands. You can't really... I think with time
0: episodes, you have to make it as simple as possible. And even when it's simple, it's still very confusing. So the fact that they've thrown so many other things in this, yeah, it definitely takes away from some of the, the sting on that one. Finally, I want to act, well, I guess make a statement, something that really got on my nerves. So Agent Wells mentions of having all these things that led him to Picard. We get to see the video of him beaming in on 10, 10 Ford Street. Which begs the question, I'm like, how the heck did they not get Picard getting ran over by a car <laughs> if they yes. got everything else? He has video of everything else, man. It just, just drove me crazy. It drove me nuts for a minute there. But guys, we're going to wrap this up. Does anyone else have any comments, any other comments about the episode before we get ratings?
1: One really, really quick thing for me. One of the things we said at the beginning of the season when we were looking at the trailer was the potential of seeing uh, Cisco. And I made the reference to Picard shaking hands with somebody in a plaid looking shirt. And the plaid looking shirt, of course, we find out was Guinan.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, no Cisco this season. Boo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nothing away from Guinan.
3: Love her. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
3: Kyle, do you want to give us your
0: beats one more time and kind of break them down for us? Because I was a little confused by part of them.
1: Can you you break them down to us really, really quick? I will do that if I can add an addendum to it. How about that? Let's do it. All right. So turn the tables when asked a question. That was Guinan turning the tables on Wells when she was being questioned. Uh Uh-huh. But after all, we are only human. Someone said that. I think Picard said that. And I added, regardless how much changes in a mere two years, this is 22 as of this recording. This is supposed to be 2024. Pew, 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 pew. I think the little boy said that. And I just like that sound. I think it's cool. (laughs) My addendum, just for the sake of the fact that we talk so much about whales, I'm going to add all's whales. That ends. Oh God! Shoot me
0: now! Shoot me now! (laughs) Pew pew pew. Let's get ratings for the episode, Jeremy. How do you rate this episode?
2: I'm going to give it a 3.9. It was a good episode. It could have been better. There was, you know, the Rios was filler and could have had more Boar Queen. But um, it, it was it was good. It just it just could have been better.
1: Mr. Jones, what do you think? I'm going to give it a pew pew pew. So that was translates to 2.9 pews out of five.
0: Oh, wow. Kyle getting low on that rating, man. I guess I will go because I want Jonathan to go last on this. I think I'm going to land at about a 3.5. I didn't love it. All of the the real stuff, as we all have said, just they could have just totally left it out. And I'm ready for the story to really move on. I actually did like the interrogation, but. It just all seems like filler. I hate to say it.
3: (laughs) Uh, Jonathan, what is your rating, sir? I'm with you, Clarence. It's it's just all, it just seems choppy. I don't know how, how else to say it. Like it's the Rios thing and the interview, the interrogation thing. Like it's all great. I think these could all be great things to have, but we're not getting to them the way we need to get to them. And because we're not getting to them the way we need to get to them, then why have them at all? All that being said, overall it was a good episode. I enjoyed watching it, but when you analyze it just a bit, you start to see holes. Yeah, and that for that reason, I have to say three. My
0: jaw is on the floor right now. Jonathan went from giving all fives to. The-
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was just. It was. You know, you get to those parts, and it's like you're 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 riding a wave, right? You're riding a wave, and you're good, and you're good, and then all of a sudden, the wave just hits you and tumble you over. And that's how I felt through this episode. Like it's good, good, good. Bam, not good.
0: Oh man! Well, here's we're hoping we get the penultimate ultimate, and the finale is going to be off the chain. Let's let's just hope for it. I mean, I think it can be, but we wait with bated
3: breath. It seems logical that it would be.
0: <laughs> Guys, what do you think about this episode? If you're listening, you can send feedback into fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. You can also use those outlets to respond to Trek trivia. John, what do you have for us this week?
3: All right. So let's see how much our trickies keep up with our actors. Which popular Trek actor performed A spoken word album entitled The Transformed Man included spoken word renditions of Elton John's Rocket Man, Mr. Tamarine Man, and Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And he also read three William Shakespeare plays.
0: I think I know who this is, but if you're listening and you know the answer to said question, and John, won't you read that question one more time before we wrap up?
3: Which popular trick actor performed a spoken word album titled The Transformed Man, including spoken word renditions of Elton John's Rocket Man, Mr. Tambourine Man and Lucy in the Sky with the Diamonds, and also read three William Shakespeare plays?
0: All right, guys, thank you for joining I've mentioned the outlets where you can reach us. We appreciate you joining again. We appreciate you guys being on the panel as well. Really, really appreciate you guys joining us and until next time, guys live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.
1: You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Hey,
0: I need your help. The year is 2045. In Night City, there's a bar called No Latency.
1: Ping runs the bar, it's just a bar.
0: But it's not just a bar. I'm Ping. And I used to work for Domino.
1: I'm sorry, who are you?
0: I'm Domino. But now I need to save them. I can't do it alone. So I hired some help. Some old friends. On my face, there will just be a flashing question mark.
1: Uh, Sir, I'm going to need you to take a step back. The vehicle is armed.
3: And some new. We're looking around, trying to find this no
0: latency place your bird looks like it is in great pain someone should put it out of its misery am i gonna need some help yo what's up tv dude i am f- up the cowboy it's me i'm tuna i'm stranger and we'll make some enemies
1: i'm steve and i'm here to be arasaka would like to discuss domino we will find you come quietly all right
0: man i guess we gotta fix this up <laughs> who the f*** is this guy because if we don't save domino We'll all be dead. No latency. A Cyberpunk Red roleplay podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. See you in Night City.